second down and goal. Now pushed back beyond the 10. Tannehill looking left. One-handed A.J. Brown. And there are no flags. Touchdown, Tennessee. That was as good as it got, unfortunately. Um, just a single touchdown for the Titans on Sunday. Welcome, anyway. This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Um, we're going to try and cheer you up. That's what we're going to do. Um, Adam, Greg, and Miles are here. Um, there's a chance Brian's going to join, um, but you know I can't predict the future that well. Um, Newcastle have just gone one 0 down, so there's a chance it might not. Ah, uh, yeah. This, this is it, it's sort of dependent on the fortunes of uh, his beloved Newcastle. Uh, but there we go. Um, you heard Greg there, Miles. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing, Adam. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah well we're going to try and be positive a little bit on this podcast um or we're going to end the podcast by being positive um but we have to start what am i doing here if this is a positivity podcast this is you've 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 got the wrong the wrong guy on here you're being ironic that's what i guess (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it happened and it does mean that we might have a bit of a break for for a few weeks. Um, there's a positive, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the Titans have been knocked out officially um, from the whole season. Um, that's what player football does, obviously. Um, a defeat at home in the wildcard round to Baltimore, and it was well. The game started well, ten um, nothing up, a, a touchdown and an interception in what was pretty much a perfect first quarter. That's where perfection ended, unfortunately. And it was the offense, really, rather than the defense that disappointed, ultimately. Um, although I suspect we may come to coaching. Um, Greg, um, have you calmed down yet? And where do you want to start with this? Where do you start? Um, it was kind of the opposite of what we've seen throughout most of the season. Um, defensively, I still don't think we were great, but if you only can see 20 points, you kind of feel like the offense has got to go and win it. Um, That said, offensively, Baltimore were just prepared and everything that we threw at them, they seemed like they they had an answer for. And it was one of those ones we talked a lot before before the game about them owing us one, which I don't buy necessarily, but um, you could tell they came with a real chip on their shoulder and they came with a a mentality of we're not letting them win for a third time. Whereas we came to the party with incredibly negative coaching, play calling, um, bad execution on, on a lot of offensive plays. I mean, the first quarter aside outside of the first quarter, it was, it couldn't have got worse than it did in all honesty, but the first quarter we started strong with 10 up, you know, you're thinking going in the right direction. And then it just kind of imploded from there, unfortunately. And we'll get to certain certain reasons as to why that was, and certain calls that were made. But um, but yeah, it was it was a bit it, it was a bit of a horror show offensively, unfortunately. Um, I did tease this at the start, but it does look like we have a Mr. Hurley who's joined us, and um, I, I don't know what that says about um, Sheffield United versus Newcastle. Um, I think I do know what it says. Um, how are you, Brian? 
Yeah, I am good, thank you. Uh, I had to get away for I can't watch any more of that. 12% <laughs> in the second half, 12% against Sheffield United. <laughs> so let, let me let me ask you, did you join a Newcastle podcast on Sunday um, during the Titans game when you had, you, you know, there would come a point that you thought you had to get away from that? <laughs> no, no, there's nothing to talk about with regards to Newcastle, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we we are talking a little bit about um, Sunday's game. Um, where did it all go wrong for you? Uh, I, I think I just I I think our all line really struggled all day. I think uh, I think Miles's favourite player, Blazing Game, had a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a wake wake up call. Um, and it's no disgrace to be you know that that Ravens front is pretty pretty good to be fair. And they just they just hustled uh, Tannehill all day, and he just he just never got comfortable, did he? Uh, defense actually played okay. Yeah, it was it was it wasn't the game anybody thought it was going to be, um, and I, I'd agree. I think the Baltimore defense was very very strong. They were prepared. I mean, the the first quarter optimism was more from the fact yes they they bottled Henry up, but. Um, we seem to deal with that. Okay, you, bo- you can bottle Henry up and we'll just throw it to AJ Brown in single coverage. And that, that was fine for a drive. And then we just seemed to stop doing it. Um, yeah. I can't understand why we got away from that because it was, it was, uh, we were having some success with it. I mean, it, it, it's, we will always try and establish the run. And when you've got Derek Henry, you're never going <laughs> to stop trying to. But it, just, it sort of felt that in almost every other game, it works eventually. And it just didn't. And Baltimore just stopped it all day, and maybe maybe we should have just gone away from it earlier. I don't know. Um, Miles, the second second quarter. Um, I mean, it was reasonably even, and then Lamar just takes off and scores. Um, should we have stopped that? Could we have stopped that? It's a shoulda, woulda, coulda. I mean, mm. yes, we should have stopped it, but could we stop it? I don't know because Lamar, for all is bad antics after the game and I used to love him I don't anymore um he he's quick he's very quick and um we were slow to react and if you're slow to react on Lamar then you're gonna come second place and unfortunately that's what happened it's one of them where I think I can't remember who the defender was who it wasn't so much that we were spying him but he had the opportunity to potentially make a play but speed kills in the NFL and he, he was just fired one, one or two yards a bit too ahead of us. Before we move on, just from that play, Kenny Vaccaro is either the slowest man on the planet Was it or Ken? just gave up. Because he, in that play, if you watch it back, he got beaten for pace so quickly, it was it was actually embarrassing to watch. It was like watching a... Uh, you know, an offensive lineman trying to outtrace someone. It was it was ridiculous. I'm not sure if he gave up on on that run, whether he didn't think he'd be able to to make a play and just kind of jogged back almost, or whether he genuinely is just slow. But that for me was I don't know. I'm not saying his fault necessarily for that touchdown. By the way, I think there was there was a lot of other reasons why they scored that touchdown. But that last year in that in that playoff game in the divisional round. That is the one thing that we did not allow Lamar Jackson to do. We made him run sideways. We made him. We may, might might have allowed him to have five or six yards here or there, but I can't remember. Genuinely, cannot remember one play where he busted for 20, 30 yards plus. Certainly not one play where he busted fifty yards and got a touchdown from it. 
and that was it, that's what you have to do with Lamar, and, and we just didn't. Yeah, it felt like a key moment. Although Baltimore only scored twenty points in the whole game, so uh, I mean, yeah, the the one game of the year where offensively we just we just didn't produce enough. And second half, I mean, ten 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 at the break. Yes, the momentum was with Baltimore, but you feel obviously crank up the offense. There's still a very good chance of of sorting this out, of of getting the win. Um, but it just, I just felt almost immediately in that second half, it just wasn't going to happen, um, and it it just had that vibe. Um, key moments uh, <laughs> later on um, when I think we were be behind by four or three, and yeah, just driving down early to the middle of the fourth quarter. Um, good field position. A second and two just inside Baltimore territory on around their sort of 40, 35-ish. Um, uh, two, pass, two pass plays in a row, both incomplete. Now, the first one, I think Tannehill may have audibled out of a run for whatever reason. Um, second one, I think, was Jonu, and the ball just he took a hit, couldn't, couldn't cling on. Um, I just, uh, regardless, I mean, we could we could talk about those play calls. Um, we could talk about Arthur Smith, who might have had his mind on his job interview that he had after the game. Um, but fourth and two, in that situation, that's your best chance to win the go and win the game is surely to go for it at that point. Um, Mike Vrabel, what are you doing? Miles, take it away. Well, Vrabel, in all honesty, is just a full-on nugget because it was just embarrassing. It was just... and They've shown the statistics before and after, sorry, with regards to like the results of how many people would go for it on that play, and I don't know what the odds were of it coming off or not, but it was just... You're in a playoff game and you're showing negative. Don't get me wrong, we've got an amazing punter. But that game was there by the scruff of the neck, and all you, don't, you needed you don't to do score six po- six points from a punt. Um, no, not unless it's however good you are, and then uh, gets um, Kern to throw it for us instead and throw a fake one in there. But which I wouldn't have been shocked if he had done that instead. But at least it's better than just being negative and just. Oh, I was just it, to me. It was just like it happened, and I just sort of went, "Well, there you go." It's almost like he just didn't care about the game or the like wanting to take the game by the scruff of the neck. It was just, I uh, I was hoping you'd ask someone else because it, I haven't got over that play yet. I mean, the whole game I haven't really got over, but it was just, it's well, what do you want to do? If you, if you want to be negative, go ahead and be negative, but you're not going to get yourself far in the playoffs by being a coward. I think playing not to lose when you're winning it's criminal enough, but playing not to lose when you're behind in a game, just that just I don't get it at all. Um the I mean the other key moment towards the end, I mean the Titans hung on, hung around, it was twenty to thirteen. Um perfect situation for a game tying or potentially game winning drive if we were bonkers enough to go for two after that. I couldn't imagine that happening, by the way. Um but it was the opportunity was there for Tannehill to to come up with a a drive at the end. Um, the problem was that the offense hadn't been firing at that point. And yes, the interception looked ugly at the end. Khalif Raymond may have fallen over, 
Um, Brian, are you are you upset with with Ryan Tannehill about that, or are you upset with the play call, or um, is the coaching a bigger issue? In that particular instance, uh, <clears throat> didn't hit the play call. I don't think Tannehill threw that bad a ball, to be honest. And I think it was on Raymond. It, he, he was bumped, but you need to play stronger than that. And for me, that's not good enough. And he he was the interception was on Raymond for me. I mean, I've, I've I keep I've watched it a few times. I don't. It's not enjoyable to watch as you notice that Henry's open. Um, I think AJ Brown was open, and Tannehill just goes with his first read, which was the which was the plan, obviously. And you look mm. at it, and there are there are plenty of Baltimore Ravens in the area. Um, but if Raymond doesn't fall over, I mean, whether he makes the catch or not, it's not going to get picked. Um, it might be tipped. It might be incomplete. Um, I think I, personally, I just think it's it's one of those things that happens. Um, if you're you're seven points down in a game like that. It's not always going to go your way. That's playoff football. Um, for me, I'm far more angry about not taking the opportunity to win earlier um, on, on fourth and two. Um, Greg, where do you sit? Yeah, the fourth and two is the big moment in the game as far as I'm concerned. And I think um, the fact that we didn't go for that is absolutely criminal. I know that the offence weren't getting a lot of joy and you've already gone to try and get two yards twice and failed. I get that. But you've, that is the only opportunity. You know they're going to end up, end up scoring points. And if you look at um, I'm not sure what the punt was afterwards. I was actually just trying to look quickly. But we were at their 40. And they started at 15. So 25 yards on a, on a punt. I mean, to me, it just seemed like the completely wrong decision. Yeah, you give the ball back to Baltimore at their 40-yard line. Yeah, not ideal. But... At least you've given it your best shot to try and win the game. It was it was the moment for me that that cost us. We go and score there, you know, Baltimore uh, all of a sudden chasing the game rather than trying to add and extend to their four point leads, and I think that was a big moment. Um, just on the interception, I'm not I'm not a f- Raymond. Anyone can trip up, and I, I, I'm not going to put it down all to Raymond. I think the throw was was into quite heavy coverage with a, what is essentially a what a fourth choice wide receiver. It feels like to me. I think Tannehill's got to take a little bit on that on the chin. Um, Tannehill in playoff games has been, I have to be honest, has been a bit questionable. But to be honest with you, three probably three of those games, you didn't need to do much. You know, you, you pretty much had Henry running over guys. So you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna criticize him too heavily because he's carried us for for most of the season. But I think that throw, I, I would put more on him than Raymond. To be honest with you, the the fact he's thrown it to Raymond in that circumstance or those circumstances, I should say, is I don't think it's the right call. It was just, it kind of, it was the only way it was going to end, though, you felt. You didn't feel like it was going to be a fourth and goal scenario and them stopping us on the goal line. You felt like the way that that game was going to end was was something like that, us going for a, you know, in our in our own half, going for a, for a for what well, wasn't even a big play, really. It was a probably a 10 or 15-yard game, realistically. It was just, and- yeah, a horrible way to end. It could have ended in a similar way a few plays later if it if that play had gone to plan as well. You know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't as if that got that won you the match. You know? And no. what did you make of um, the Baltimore celebrations at that moment? Um, I'll start this off. <laughs> the whole thing is has got to be the most pathetic thing I've ever ever witnessed in my life. 
right look you you, you kind of know that we you know we went on and there was a whole little scuffle between harbo in the first game in november whenever it was you kind of know if you're going to if you're going to try and rile up a team by doing that you know what's going to happen the next time they beat you and they that would have whether we've beaten them this time and then they beat us next year or whenever it ends up being they would have ended up doing the same thing but why people have got their knickers in a twist over it i really really do not understand because last year i was in baltimore for the for the playoff game the titans the whole roster was stood on their logo before the Ravens players were coming out. And whilst the Ravens playing, that's where they were stood. No one even batted an eyelid. No one even even commented on the fact that every every single Titans player was gathered on that logo. What, why is it such a big deal this year? Just because Harbo goes off and has a, a hissy fit in the, in the first game and we react to it. And then all of a sudden they take it as disrespect then. It's absolute rubbish. And the whole, anyone who gets annoyed or frustrated or upset by it also just needs to really sort out their life because for me it's just the whole thing is just pathetic and anyone who gets upset about it it's not disrespect it's just idiocy and as far as I'm concerned it's going to be one of those things that play out for a number of years the next time we play them and we beat oh, them absolutely we're going yeah. to be on their we're going to be on their logo again and then the next time they play us and beat us they're going to be on ours again and it's just one of those things that to be honest with you I'm, I could do without I think I blame Juju but no, no, actually, I don't blame Juju. I blame TikTok, <laughs> the app. It, the, whoever set TikTok up, in, yeah, whoever Greece. invented TikTok, that's whose fault this is. Yeah. Um, yeah carrying, on from, carrying on from what Greg said, this this huddle, uh, this huddling on the on, at centre field is something that we've done for years. Absolutely, and, it, and it's it's completely different from when Bayern did the celebration on the Dallas Cowboys star. That yeah. was taking the piss. This was all made a thing by Harbour. And the, the, I think the only thing that I found disrespectful of it all, to be honest, I didn't mind doing the celebration on halfway. It didn't bother me. I was kind of expecting it. But the thing that pissed me off was Lamar Jackson. He took it that yeah. personal. And I think that possibly reads into why they played so well, because they, they probably wanted it more. They've used this to their advantage. Him, him running off at the end is also absolutely pathetic. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like if you get insulted or or take to heart or disrespected by a team standing on a logo, then seriously, like we're going to get to a point where you're not going to be running plays on that logo. Like just get rid of the logos. <laughs> what's what's the what's the point on them? It's it's absolutely pathetic. And Lamar Jackson at the end of the game running off like a absolute child running off the field to not shake a single person's hand the only reason he came back onto the field is so he could have a quick interview with someone from ESPN is absolutely pathetic they won the game they won it fair and square did you hear what he said about that he got uh, there was a quote so I didn't I didn't see any reason to shake any Titans players hands that's what he said because we stood on a logo Um, pathetic yeah I think we're all Bills fans this week aren't we I know I am. <laughs> yeah. Viva Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I slated Brady on a previous podcast for doing the same thing. And, you know, if it's, if it's yeah. good enough for Brady, yeah. it's certainly good enough for Lamar. Isn't very good, Jackson. Brady's different, though. Brady's just a bad loser, whereas Lamar Jackson is just a pathetic little child. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, as I as I said at the start, we're going to try and end this podcast 
this podcast a bit more positively. Um, but before we do that, um, unusually, we're not going to end with non-Titans related. Let's let's have a let's get any positive or negative rants, whatever you want, um, out of the way. Um, Miles, um, have you? Are you going to bring us up or down? I mean, I might bring everyone up, but it got me down. <laughs> uh, I, I am a man of simple pleasures. Um, I enjoy food. I enjoy my team not letting me down on a Sunday, both of which have gone wrong this weekend for me. Um, I went to uh, a local supermarket. I mean, Asda. There's many other options. And all I ask when I... Oh god, I just realized how pathetic I sound. Anyway, <laughs> when when all I ask when I'm buying uh, as they sell like five of their own cookies, but I don't know, five for a quid or whatever, and all I want is that the cookies to be a little bit squidgy, not rock solid. And I know there's probably a perfect time where you have to get them from, but normally when I pick up a bag of cookies, I'll give them a bit of a squeeze just to sort of go, yeah, there's a bit of there's a bit of give in them. And I almost got like falsely sold by the cookie on the front Someone, because someone's been... buying cookies with your fingerprints in then presumably yeah maybe i'm the reason that covid happened um <laughs> but I, i'll give it a little little squeeze and it was uh, like the first cookie was like yeah better give there that's fine take them home for them cookies was like eating rocks little old rocks and i was just there uh, like i've been missold by it's it's it, i don't know that's all. I was trying to think, do I have anything? Because to be honest, I've just been trying not to get angry after the Titans game. It's just, I've been trying to find joy in anything that I can. Like I had someone come into work because she knew I was into American football because her, her other half is. And she took, she's gone home to her other half and said, oh, there's someone who supports Tennessee at work. And he's gone out his way to tell her that we got beat. So I thought I'll come into work on Monday and no one will talk about it. Because I work with, on that shift, it was just girls. They weren't watching the sport. I'll be fine. First thing I come into, oh, apparently you just got beat yesterday. Oh, I, I wanted to throw myself out the building. And worst of all is her partner supports Cleveland. How do I retaliate with that after what happened? I mean, come on, any other year. But as I said, as the cookies, I've been let down by one of five. But I will continue to buy, but I'm sure it's not just me. <laughs> That might lead us nicely in. As I, I know, Greg, you. Uh, I think I've got a fair idea of what you're going to talk about. Um, yeah, and it's it's a bit of a. I say non Titans related. It is in this instance a little bit Titans related, but it happens in in many other sports and many other teams that I'm sure that uh, people support. Um, and it's uh, it's Twitter, and it's idiot fans who physically try and find fans of other teams, especially fan accounts like the Transatlantic Titans, uh, to gloat about their team beating our team, even though we've never, ever spoken to them, never, ever engaged with them. They've got absolutely no association with us in any way, shape or form. But they've gone and, and made concerted effort to do it. Seriously, like talk about pathetic with Lamar Jackson. This is beyond pathetic. It's unbelievable. But also... WhatsApp groups that you don't hear from for six months that include fans of teams such as the Texans and such as the Denver Broncos and such as the Jaguars who come up and pipe up when your team's been beaten in the first round of playoffs, even though those teams have not even got enough wins between them than what we got this year. 
seriously, what what is it with people that I mean, keyboard warrior? You know, we know that it exists and it's frustrating as hell. But what is it with people who who just think this is this is the time now to to go and find someone who I have no idea who they are or who they're associated with? The Transatlantic Titans could be associated with the mafia for all they know, and uh, and there they are, just completely. We're well, not, by the way. Don't 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 don't. Uh, stop. Uh, um, <laughs> but um, you know, they uh, they just all of a sudden just think it's acceptable to 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 start goading and and gloating over our team losing. It's pathetic. Um, just just to be clear, the Transatlantic Titans are not associated with the maf- mafia um, or or Asda's cookies. Well, if they want to sponsor, want to give us some, um, Don Don Brian, um, what have you got for us? Uh, I haven't really left the house in about a week now, so I I don't know really. The only thing that's pissed me off is the Titans uh, and, and Newcastle. Right, so I'm going on to a different sport here, talking about football. Uh, which in America you call soccer. And there's this thing in this country, and it happens a lot with my team because we're not very good. The media seem to have it have this idea that the, the manager we have is good, and he's not. He's absolutely <laughs> woeful. We're, we're at the bottom of almost every bad statistic. The football is turgid, and it's getting worse every week. And there's and there's this false narrative that Newcastle fans expect Champions League football every season. No, we don't. We expect to be competitive with Sheffield United. That is it. That's all we want. I don't get it. And it drives me mad. It's constant. Danny Murphy, Jamie Redknapp, uh, what's he called? That <laughs> with the long hair, Robbie Savage. All of them. <laughs> all it's 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 ridiculous, and it it really upsets me. It, it, it's beyond a joke. And you watch today, Redknapp, Stan Collymore said today that Steve Bruce is the master of keeping teams out. Right? He's, the ma- he's the master of dogging, though, so you can't really listen to him. Within two minutes, Jamie Redknapp had said that Newcastle, Steve Bruce is doing a really good job at Newcastle. This is all in the space of two minutes. To then say that we're going to get dragged into a relegation battle, right? And there was one other thing I can't even remember what it is. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> but yeah, it just people these these pundits who are paid probably a decent amount of money to have these opinions uh, are, are just uneducated. They're just talking bollocks. Uh, I know you're angry, but that was quite entertaining. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm also not going to lie. The 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 one sentence which has made this podcast for the entire year is that long haired. Uh, Robbie Savage. Uh, just, <laughs> oh, man, I don't know where fun. you were going. I thought he was going to be Victor. Yeah? <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring the mood up a little bit. And I'm also going to talk about football. Um, and I'm going to talk about Marine, who you may not have heard of. Well, you may have heard of because of the last few days um, and the FA Cup tie against Tottenham. Now, Marine are a tiny, tiny club in if I got this right, the eighth tier of English football, um, who are, they're based near Liverpool in sort of a northern suburb of Liverpool, Crosby, and a tiny, tiny club. They had the luck slash, well, I'm not going to put it down to luck. They've had a bit of a cup run. Um, I think they've won 
about seven or eight games to get themselves into the FA Cup third round, which is the first round that all the big teams appear. Um, they got home tight against Tottenham and Mourinho and all the expensive stars that they have. And it happened to coincide with the middle of a pandemic. So no fans could turn up to their to their little stadium. Um, what they did, I don't know whose idea this was, um, they decided to sell virtual tickets. So essentially they had a few prizes. There was a bit of a raffle, but the whole point was raising money for the club, um, given the fact that nobody could turn up in person. Um, I don't know if they expected to sell any of these things, but word spread and Tottenham fans in particular, I'm sure plenty of um, Marine supporters and people from the, the Liverpool area, but um, Spurs fans in their thousands buying these things up. By the time the game took place, they'd sold 30,000 virtual tickets. Obviously, Rake will raise the club, raise the club 300 grand. Um, now, occasionally something good comes out of that, that game. And that was, yeah, that warmed my heart, shall I say. Um, the result itself probably didn't really matter too much, and assuming that Marine weren't going to win, which they didn't. Um, but they've had they've had the payday and then some that they would have dreamt of, and that will be. That. I'd, I'd like to add something to that, Adam. Go on. Uh, something I read today that obviously during due to COVID they weren't allowed to swap shirts. I don't know if you've seen this. I haven't. But, um, what Spurs did, they've, they've sent them a full set of match shirts from all the squad. To, for the players to keep as mementos, which I thought was a really nice touch, actually. Okay. Yeah, I think the uh, Spurs left back came out. Uh, there was someone, one of the Marine players, took a photo of his shirt, and he came out and said, "I'll happily sign it for you as well." Which, yeah, it's a nice touch. I mean, these guys are on. Like, I mean, I think the goalkeeper literally works for Sainsbury's, like, which is a. They, they had a bin yeah. man. I know that. They had a, yeah, they had a bin, <laughs> which they mentioned about fifteen million times. Which well, that's by the by. I'm going to keep this positive. Um, this is the you know, and it is. I, I mean, I've I support a, a lower league team, and back in the late nineties when we were a non-league team, we were part time. We played Newcastle when they weren't as bad as they are now. Um, and there was there were guys there were guys in our team back in those days who were teachers, bin mans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and honestly, it's one of those things that you know I remember it being I was only probably about eight nine years old at the time, but I remember it incredibly well. Like Alan Shearer coming to to Broadway way as it was at the time, and it wasn't not the same stadium it is now, and it's not the greatest stadium now, but it's decent, but it's all right. But it's you know it used to be a you know, you're bragging a bit of a about shed. the Lamex. Definitely yeah, not bragging about the Lamex. Trust the new me, North That's, Stand, yeah. It's got four stands, though. Sorry, Miles. Um, the uh, <laughs> the um, but yeah, it is honestly those marine players remember it forevermore. <laughs> hey, can right. I bring up that Newcastle in the FA Cup a few years ago as well? Just while we're piling on Newcastle. Yeah, we won three one against them a few years back. It was eight, I think it was eight eight years ago. I think it was something like that. I I'll, send, I'll, I'll send you the video, I Brian. Brian has suffered enough. I'm gonna. I'm going to put my foot down here. Um, this is this is unfair. This is cyber cyber bullying. It's not even cyber, is it? It's just bullying. Um, it could right. be worse. I said they had Alan Pardew as manager when we played them, so it could be worse, Bry. Yeah, that's true. Well, Rafa Benitez. Yeah, yeah. Well, anybody. Rude Huller, even. Um, right. I'm going to end this podcast by bringing the mood up. We we asked for well we didn't really get that many replies. I asked for some positive things that we could take from all of this, um, and well maybe people aren't in the mood. Who can blame them? Um, Love your blue seventy seven replied. 
we have some great foundational pieces and J-Rob can find people to fill the holes. Um, but arguably not J-Rob's greatest year, 2020, looking at um, the first round pick in particular. Um, but yeah, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we're all, uh, all pretty comfortable that he's going to rescue things or, or turn things around there. Definitely can't be worse than what he did this year in off-season. So I fully hope that uh, he'll be able to fix some of the gaps. Okay. Rob Langley, granted the defence was pretty terrible this year. All of the games were so much fun to watch. It's been a blast this season. That is true. We have had some phenomenally exciting games this year and come out on the the right side in most of them. Um, of the, the two games against the Texans stick out, um, the the regular season game against against the Ravens in overtime. There have been quite a few of them. And Even the Steelers game that we didn't quite come back in. Yeah, yeah. And we've we've not been short of excitement. excitement. The Vikings, is actually, early on. Yeah, the Vikings uh, game was good. Even, even the Jags. I mean, I mean, there's been some, some really close, exciting games this year. The second game was the closest was my favourite, though. <laughs> <laughs> and the Bills. Oh, the Buffalo game, in fact, that was probably, that was that was as close to perfect football as, as we're going to get. Well, they, they they were beatings. Uh, we've we've also had some of those thrillers as well. It's it's been it's been good fun. Um, okay, I don't know who this is. MT Titans. Um, ask Miles how his fantasy football season went. Miles. Oh well, thank you, uh, MDT Titans. That's really nice of you to ask. Well, uh, it went good. I'm sure this is not where Adam's going to meet me uh, again. That wouldn't be very <laughs> positive, now, would it? If I did that, well, I'd have to call. I'd have to call you something that ends with nugget. Um, <laughs> it, it went really well. I've now won four years in a row, and this year I done the unbeaten. So I mean, I, I the problem was I done it with Lamar Jackson as my quarterback, and now it just feels wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I suspect you can get some good trade value for him. <laughs> there's a there's a thought. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> No, get the get the value, get the value. All right, Yesi Yesi Ket. Um, any relation? Um, I don't know. No. She talks more to the Transatlantic Titans than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, in fact, this isn't even a positive response. Well, the second part is: I'll be positive and optimistic when I can travel out to watch a game again. Uh, okay. Um, in all seriousness, AJ Brown is something else the kid can play. He's my main optimism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, he's, yeah, two years in, um, uh, he, assuming he stays fit, obviously, he's only going to get better. Incredible stuff from him. Um, John Stratocaster68. Um, I don't know if that's how... That's some... I need a better Twitter name. Anyway, he's been saying, saying similar. A Titan Pro Bowl receiver. I was beginning to think I would never see one again after Derek Mason. AJ is that and more, though. I agree, he's more that he's already more of a player in my eyes than Mason. I don't know. Disrespect to Derek Mason, obviously. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. I, I, can we say, is he the best receiver we've had in the Titans era? Can't think of anyone that, at the same level and just seems to get better. I mean, look, he played pretty much three quarters of the season injured, let's not forget. I mean, he was yeah. practicing, limited practice every single week. I think mean, the last week, he, uh, leading up to the Baltimore game, I don't think he practiced at all. So, yeah, incredible player, incredible talent. 
let's just hope that that continues. And I think it will. He's got that kind of mindset that he kind of wants to be the best. Um, he really does. He's got a great attitude. And he well, can limp faster than defenders can run as well. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's disappointing from our Twitter followers. Um, how, how about we're not going to be playing Deshaun Watson twice a year? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got him once yeah. next year, the Dolphins. But yeah, yeah. The uh, that looks more and more likely that the dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans have no picks and soon to be no quarterback. So... Seems that they have uh, they have reached out to excuse my pronunciation, the enemy, the en- <laughs> however you pronounce it for the for this interview, and that seemed to be one of the main sticking points with the Lamar, not the Lamar, God, Lamar bloody Jackson. Um, Deshaun Watson's wanted away was the fact that they didn't ask ask him for an interview after he'd requested that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's a weird straw to break the camel's back, but it does seem to be that way. Um. Okay, uh, yeah, that that will just about do us. I think um, we, I've, well, I've enjoyed it this season. Um, I hope we, I hope you have enjoyed listening. Obviously, we'll be back soon. We need to let the dust settle a bit, and then we'll work out what on earth we're going to do this off season. Hopefully, hire a defensive coordinator for a start. Um, that that might help. Um, find a pass rush. Yeah, yeah, we might, yeah, exactly. We might need, we might need two, unless Brable's going to do it all. Um, Brable can no. do both. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, ho- yeah. Hopefully, we'll have a full, um, full contingent of coordinators for 2021. Right. That'll, uh, yeah. As I say, that'll just about do it. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to leave you with in a, a strangely happy song. Or I thought it was. Um, this is Corked Bats. Um, the a cappella version of the Derek Henry song. Um, it's it might not be the greatest um, song you'll ever hear, um, but it made me smile and cheered me up. There's some fun lyrics in there. Take it away. Derek Henry is always killing people. He's punching them straight into the face. And whenever he leaves the football field, people are scared of his face because he commits double homicide on football fields. Sometimes he will ball you up and kick you out of the stadium. And Derek Henry is the favorite player in the NFL to watch. Imagine trying to tackle Derrick Henry He'll probably kill you and hide your body But he'll never get convicted Cause it's legal on a football field Here's Derrick Henry, yeah, yeah Derrick Henry's always killing people He's killing people and embarrassing them too Imagine trying to show your face in public after you get memed by Derrick Henry And Sometimes he'll stiff arm you right into the ground Or he'll pick you up and throw you in the stands Or sometimes he'll just kick you in the stomach Or sometimes maybe he'll give you a hug 
Just kidding, a hug isn't violent enough. So he'll go at you, jab you in the throat. You'll have trouble breathing, you'll be like I'm choking. But Derrick Henry will be gone by then. He'll be in the end zone, doing a little touchdown dance. Or maybe getting tweeted by LeBron. Derrick Henry, you're my favorite football player, and I hope you watch this someday. Happy birthday, Derrick. It's not your birthday, but one day it will be.